theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. presence of the Lord that I feel. I'm thankful for our EC fam and so glad that you're here again this holiday weekend. We talked about it. It was so improvisational this past Wednesday. This past Sunday was Donut Sunday. And we had we had Daddy-O's Donuts. I mean, we had like five times. We had maple bacon. I had, actually had bacon on the donut, bro. And I love bacon. I didn't get any of those. And then we had like peach fritters and we had uh, a plain Jane and we had a Reese's Pieces and a carrot cake. And as we were talking on Wednesday and we were having fun, every, what I noticed is everybody, like almost everybody went for the fritter. I said, man, praise God. They really, they're after my own heart. Had I known that, we would have just got nothing but fritters for everybody. So just talking, I, I was teasing. I told Alvin, I said, Alvin, it's going to be uh, Apple Fritter Sunday today. And he said, Pastor, I'm serious. <laughs> so in just a little bit, Tim Hortons is coming with like a fritter for everybody. Praise God. Whether you want an apple fritter or not, we're going to give you one. Now, I do have to say, I'm not fronting on Timmy's. Uh, t- there is, it is a big difference between Tim Hortons and Daddy-O's Donuts. But it will fix you nonetheless. Praise God. It's going to bless you. So on the way out, we don't have a big setup or anything. We're just going to let, somebody, let you grab an apple fritter with some napkins, and you'll be good to go, and you'll enjoy that. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles or our Bible apps to the book of Isaiah chapter 48 the book of Isaiah chapter 48 I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord and I'm going to speak for about 30 minutes and then we will uh, go ahead and receive communion at the conclusion you should have your communion elements uh, right there in your seating arrangement so you should be good to go for those that are watching online get your communion elements ready Uh, and as you're finding Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 10, I want you to open up that Bible app or get your Bible out in the air. This is something that we do often here at Extraordinary Church. I want you to lift that Bible or that device high up in the air. And I want you to repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. Do you believe that? I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. If you believe it, say in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Let's look at Isaiah 48 and 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And by the help of his spirit today, I want to preach this thought to you. The refiner's 
fire, the refiner's fire. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you and we're grateful for your presence that we feel in this place. I pray that you would anoint me to preach and to teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. I pray and I'm releasing the gift of faith in this place, God. I pray that your presence, which is already here, Lord, would begin to deal with lovingly and graciously. Everyone under the sound of my voice, do a new work. Give revelation. Help us to understand what you're doing in our lives and in this world. And we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. The refiner's fire. Uh, We cannot pretend that we live in comfortable times. I think if we're all being transparent with one another and with ourselves, these times that we live in have been uh, disturbing to say the least. And the problems of our world and what we're facing, they're growing uh, increasingly complex. Our elected leaders, our officials, our, our, our military, our law enforcement, uh, everybody, our frontline workers, uh, our, our schools, if we're talking about our schools, they need our prayers more than ever. Praise God. And if you're a praying person, you need to pray for those folks that I just mentioned. We pray. We pray for each of them. And we pray for God's light to dawn in this hour. I'm thankful for a praying church. Praise God. I'm thankful. I, I want to shout out everybody that participated in Pray and Go. We haven't qu- quite achieved our goal yet, but there still is time. We set out a goal to pray for 1,000 homes. And as we last reported, we prayed for 827, I believe. And so we are declaring the peace of God, the mercy of God. We're praying for our community. We need to pray. I'm telling you right now, a church that knows how to pray will make a kingdom impact. Can somebody give God praise? Praise God. I'm thankful for that. And I want you to be a part of that. Talking about prayer too, we want you to come. We've got some exciting things happening. When are we praying, Pastor Barry, on a Friday? Is that September 10th or 17th? 17th? Praise God. We want you to come Friday evening too. We're going to open this place up and we're going to have a big prayer meeting and just seek the face of God. So come and join us and be with us. But we have to pray. We need to pray. I find myself sharing with Extraordinary Church uh, this this thing here, though, because I feel like I'm going to help somebody today that's struggling, somebody who perhaps is hurting, somebody who's afflicted or somebody that's suffering. You're seeking to understand why. Why is God allowing this to happen? Why is this taking so long? Why do others seem to escape the fire, but I have not, or you have not? What's happening to me? See, God answers that question in the text that I just read you. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. See, living for God, let me just, let let me not say it this way. God himself is intense. Moses said, our God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Isaiah said, fire comes from God's mouth when he speaks. Our God is intense. His words, said Jeremiah, are like living flames that accomplish his purpose. He said his word is like fire shut up in my bones. The the God that we serve is an intense God. He is a holy raging fire. If you stay in his presence, if I stay in his presence, impurities will be burned up from our lives. For God acts 
as a refiner. The uh, 66th Psalm, verse 10 says this, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. See, his testing means there is something precious in his hands. See, this is the problem sometimes. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we see trash. But the refiner looks and he sees treasure. Praise God. You need to be encouraged. And let me just tell you right now, stop beating yourself up. You are God's creation. You are his beloved. You are his child. You have been set apart. He robed himself in the flesh and died for you and I and rose from, on the dead, from the dead on the third day. You are not trash. You are not junk. Stop letting the world or the culture or society tell you you have no value. The devil is a liar. You have value. You, have, you are treasure. As a matter of fact, if you've received this spirit, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Praise God. Zechariah 13 and 9 says, I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I, whew, I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. As detasteful as the fire may be, I don't know about you, I want to be a part of one of the, that one-third that comes through the fire. I want you to be numbered in that group as well. Praise God. Look at Malachi 3 and 2 and 3. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. See, gold is a fire. Where his, God is a fire, excuse me, where his people are, there will always be a fire. Isaiah 31 and 9, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. See, God's fire abides in Zion, and it was he who sent the cloven tongues of fire to the church in Acts chapter 2. Praise God. He didn't do it to enthuse us, but to purify us, not to exhilarate us, but to decontaminate us. It's a holy fire, a fire that forces the hypocrite to a decision, a fire that purges the sincere from sin, a fire that inflames the heart with fresh passion for God. The Lord will not remove his fire from Zion, and we live in a furnace full with holy fire. The psalmist told us in the 97th Psalm, verse 3, that there is a fire that goes before God. See, we're, the reality of it is we're not prepared to see his face until we are purified by his fire. So if you sense, I want to encourage somebody, if you sense you're in the fire of affliction, take heart because God is coming near. He's drawing closer to you, praise God. His fire burns, but here's the good news. He does not consume. Yeah. Praise God. In the fire, gold can be found. See, he is the refiner, and just as the blacksmith uses fire to work, out, or to work on iron or the goldsmith uses fire to fashion precious metals, God uses the fire of affliction to work on us. 
to remove the dross and to temper, to temper what remains. He is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He is the one who makes his ministers aflame with fire. He is the one who tenderly tempers his holy vessels. He is the one who allows the fire to come because he knows that it makes us fit for his use. Jesus once said, as the last day approached, everyone will be salted with fire. That there will be a time of testing and affliction this world has never known. And when we read the news today, you just open up the app. Matter of fact, I stop. <laughs> you know, when I see the images of what's happening, whether it's hate or turmoil, I think to myself, oh yeah, we're all being salted with fire right now. When the heat is turned up in our lives, we may feel abandoned at first, but Jesus can always be found in the fire. Praise God. Come on, you know those fires. I'm talking about affliction. Are you sick? Are you hurting? Are you miserable? You might be in the fire. Are you, are you experiencing disaffection, feeling lonely, abandoned, or misunderstood? You may be in the fire. Are you feeling helpless and hopeless? You may be in the fire. But I've come to encourage you, God works in the furnace of affliction. I, I, I wish, I wish it weren't that way. I wish, but you need to know that his goodness and mercy are at work. Praise God. See, humanity being what it is, we are what we are. Sometimes affliction comes, but it's the same goodness and mercy of God. It's really disguised as goodness and mercy. See, affliction accomplishes what relaxation cannot. I know nobody's going to shout over that one, but you need to understand that it is affliction that will actually prompt you to change. It is affliction that will cause you to think about what really matters. It is affliction that will drive you to your knees and make you say, God, I need you to inspect me. I, I need to be right with you. It's affliction that will cause you to say, you know what? No, I'm not going there or I'm no longer thinking these thoughts. It is affliction that accomplishes certain things. Paul said this. He said, I, I find your or the Lord told it to Paul, I should say it this way. He said, my grace is sufficient for you through this affliction. See, those who are tried learn to lean on God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture of trials because I know trials are not rosy. Whew. I'm not glorifying the pain. No one in their right mind would do so. But, as one songwriter said, had I never known the problem, I'd never know that he could solve it. See, my pain is an avenue through which God can work. So, what you need to understand is some good only comes in the fire. We receive many good things from God, but some things can only be found in the fire. 
Praise God. See, in the fire, we receive from God in two ways. Some things are given, other things are bought. I'm going to explain in just a moment. Some things that are given. God gives eternal life to those who desire it. God promises his presence to those who accept it. God gives his spirit to those who ask. God gives free gifts, joy, peace, salvation. God is good, and he is a giver of good things, and I rejoice in that. But when we go through the trial, the Lord gives us so many things unconditionally, just out of the goodness of his nature because of who he is. But some things God doesn't give. He only gives you the opportunity to buy them. Jesus told the church in Revelation, the church that lived just prior to the rapture. I happen to believe we're the the people, but that's another topic for another day. I counsel you to buy from me gold tried in the fire, he said. What is this gold that's tried or refined in the fire? It's gold of a purified faith. 1 Peter 1 and 6, I want you to see this in verse 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, survive the trial of your faith, keep a praise on your lips, keep bitterness out of your heart, and you will have made a down payment on gold refined in the fire. The purifying of your faith is more precious than whatever we have to endure. God comes, he helps us, he is with us, and you need to know that God has got your back and that he is refining your character. He's refining your attitude. He's refining your heart. God does not abandon you. He's simply making you look more like him. And it wouldn't happen if it weren't for the affliction. It wouldn't happen if it weren't for the fire. It wouldn't happen if it weren't for the chaos. But God is with you in the chaos. God is walking you through the chaos. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep trusting God during this time. And know that when you come out, you'll come out like gold. See, Job said this, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall. That's gold. I need somebody just to declare that. See, God knows the way that you take. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. My God, you're wondering why you're here right now. You thought it was going to work. I'm going to encourage myself. Praise God. You thought it was going to work out one way and it didn't work out that way. It worked out another way. He knows the way that I take. Praise God. I thought this would have happened by now, but that didn't happen. I thought we'd be here by now, but that didn't. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I need you to know that God is with you. He's not abandoned you or forgiven you. I mean, excuse me, forsaken you. He knows the way that you take and you shall come forth as gold. If you believe that, give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, the gold of a refined character. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But we do pay a price for it. Jesus. Jesus paid a price for his unique life. And he said that we are no different from him. Let me just help you out right now. Christ-likeness 
doesn't come cheap. Now, I know nobody's going to run and shout about that one. But that is the absolute truth. Christ-likeness doesn't come cheap. I want you to think about that. Think about, and I'm not just talking about who he is. I'm talking about when you begin to reflect him. There's a price to be paid. When you begin to love like him, it's because you paid a price. When you begin to show compassion like him, it's because you paid a price. Can I tell you, it doesn't come cheap. It's purchased at the cost of enduring difficulties. It's purchased at the cost of tribulations. Look like Christ, you've been through something. It's purchased at the cost of hardships. It's purchased at the cost of persecutions. If I'm just keeping it 100, you're going to go through hell and back. But when you look like him, See, God wants our focus on him. And when it remains on him through the fire, through the furnace of affliction, he begins to bring a change in us. A change that is purchased by his love and by our willingness to wait on him. See, we don't wake up in the morning and just say, man, at least, I mean, if we're just keeping it 100. Most of us don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be like Christ today. Most of us, I mean, I tell y'all, I know y'all think angels wake me up, praise God. Pick me up out of my bed and, you know, just bring me down to my reading room and the presence of the Lord just manifests itself and they read the scriptures to me and make me some tea. No, 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 that doesn't happen. That's not how we are wired. The carnal mind is enmity with God. It's that carnal nature that we have to consistently take to the cross. We have to take to an altar, if you will. And if we want to be like him, I know we pray it, but sometimes we don't know what we pray. But when we say, I want to be like you, God, or make me more like you, then what we need to realize is there is a furnace of affliction that's going to begin to work out the impurities. What are those impurities? That judgmentalism, that criticism, that bite-biting. I'm talking about that hypocritical attitude and tone, that deceit, that selfishness, being self-absorbed, that murmuring. Those are the things that the refining fire will get out of our lives. See, it is God who determines the time. He is the one who allows the perfect storm to enter your life. He is the one who opens heaven's golden exchange. And he says, now it's time for us to purify your faith and refine your character. Why? Because as many as he loves... He rebukes and chastens. So if you're in the furnace of affliction today, God has given you an opportunity to find some gold in the midst of that fire. You have a choice. You can give up or you can go for the gold. But as for me, I will not stop here today. I cannot stop today. I must speak. And I must, if I got to encourage myself, I'm going to encourage somebody who finds themselves in the furnace of affliction. I must ask you to give room in your theology, in your thinking of God, the understanding that trials are a part of it. Make room in your lives for the furnace of affliction. For until you know the fire, you can't find the gold. 
I'm telling you right now, we believe, I believe. <laughs> you, you might be asking, why is this happening? Let me help you reshape the question. Don't ask why. You should ask, what is heaven trying to do in my life? Instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Simply say, what is heaven trying to do in my life? You know God will never leave you. You know he loves you. You know all things work together for the good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So what is God doing in the midst of this? What gold is there to be found in the situation? I'm going to give you some gold in this refiner's fire. I'm going to give you a few things, and then we're going to get ready to receive communion. The first thing is God uses affliction to bring us back to him. God chastens the disobedient. It's his chastening. His chastening is for a season, and it's motivated by love. Scripture says his anger is but for a moment, but his favor. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful for God. You need to know God is not stewing over or eternally angry with you. His anger is but for a moment, but his favor. His favor is for a lifetime. It lasts. Praise God. The psalmist said this. He said before he was afflicted, he went astray. He even went so far to say that it was good that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Paul told the Corinthian church that there were some weak and sickly amongst them, and it was due to their obedience. See, some, see oh. God, are you trying to get my attention? And God is trying to get your attention in love. Here's the reality of it. Would I hear it another way? Would I hear it any other way? So instead of saying, God, why is this happening to me? Shouldn't we say, God, draw me back to you? Draw me back to you. The second thing I want to point out, God uses affliction to expand our knowledge of him. When Paul was first imprisoned, you know what he said? I want to know God. That was his goal. I want to know him in the power of resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know God in the good times and the bad times. In Paul's second imprisonment, Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. In the first imprisonment, he said, I want to know. In the second imprisonment, he said, I do know. I'm trying to tell you, it's the furnace of affliction. There is a space where we can know God more. And in this time, when you're going through hell, can I tell you, lean in and know him. Lean in and love him more. Lean in and worship him and watch God begin to sustain you, not only with whispers in your ear, but his spirit and love undergirding you, sustaining you, and seeing you through. I'm telling you, God has got your back, and he's with you and for you. The next thing God is trying to show us is God uses affliction to help us mature. Whew. Listen, sickness and pain are the two bitter fruits from the curse of sin. They weren't, sickness and pain weren't, weren't a part of this package until sin entered the world. But God can and does use these things to further our maturity. He works all things together for the good. 
See, there's three New Testament passages that describe the process of spiritual maturity. And each one we find this common ingredient, perseverance. The spiritually immature, peace out. You know what? The spiritually mature, they chase the anointed person all over the country trying to find a word, if you will. But those who are growing in grace and in that endurance, maturity comes. See, we grow up when it seems like everything around us is blowing up. When you don't run and you hunker down and you let, can I, oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Sometimes, uh, this is why I, I learned a while ago. I stopped helping people in some instances. I pray about it before I help people. Don't, now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But sometimes we can intervene a little too quickly. Because I remember in helping someone, God was like, oh, I'm, I'm thankful, but I had them. I was this close. They were this close to breaking and declaring their complete and utter dependence upon me. Can I tell you, you got to get to the place where Visa can't bail you out. Where MasterCard can't bail you out, or your mommy or daddy can't bail you out, or your Aunt Sue. You need to get to the place where you say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to let you show up. I know I'm teaching today and not preaching, but you need to say, God, I'm not moving until you do what you do, until I get a word from you, until I hear from you, until you speak, until you provide. Then I'll know it's you. Why? Because you're being refined and you're trusting him. The 102nd Psalm is really known as the, the prayer of the afflicted. For much of the Psalm, he recounts all of his pain and trouble before the Lord Something we obviously should do ourselves, but listen to the conclusion of his prayer. The children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. You see, we'll continue. It's, it's an affirmation. It's a promise. It's direction. It's, it's blessing. You're coming through this. We are coming through this trial. No matter how devastating the affliction is, you will continue. Maturity is the willingness to continue in spite of the trial. The next thing I want to show you is God uses affliction to bring us to brokenness and dependence. Let me, let me say it like this. There is prayer, and then there is prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's prayer. Now let me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. And then there's the kind of prayer where you don't even have the words. Tears streaming down your face. There's moaning and groanings. Those, as Charles Finney says it, the unutterable gushings of the spirit. We pray when things go right. But we really pray when things go wrong. We pray when we are well. But we really pray when we are sick. Through affliction, we cast our cares upon the Lord. We admit our brokenness and dependence on him. This is why the scripture says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Praise God. See, it's in those night seasons the psalmist goes to God. He says he gets his confidence. 
He says, I have set the Lord always before me, and I shall not be moved. Just a couple more things, and then I'm going to close. God uses affliction to make us more compassionate. Just trying to help you find the gold in the fire. In God's mercy, he sends the fires of affliction to those among us who have become judgmental and cold. Sometimes we can begin to feel that people are getting what they deserve. Oh, had they just done this or had they just done that, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> they wouldn't be in the mess that they're in. We forget sometimes that mercy triumphs over judgment. We, we forget how good God has been to us. Sometimes if we're not careful, we develop spiritual amnesia. Paul said that when we're afflicted, we find comfort and that we are to share that comfort with others who are afflicted. The quickest way to get a judgmental person back on track is to watch them go through their own furnace of affliction. Sympathy and empathy begin to flow. It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly we can come to conclusions without even asking questions. It's amazing how quickly we can come to certainties and not even have a conversation. It's fascinating how quickly we can pronounce judgment before we go to prayer. But let that heat turn up. Let the heat turn up. Then all of a sudden, the judgments aren't so quick to come from your lips. And maybe you're having a conversation with somebody. You know what? Maybe we should ask a few more questions. As a matter of fact, maybe I should consider myself and realize it's only the grace of God that maybe I'm not struggling like they're struggling. So I'm going to get on my knees with them and pray with them and, and just give God thanks and encourage them and let them know that they're going to see it through. Because it is the furnace of affliction that brings that empathy and compassion. God uses the next thing. Uh, I've got two more and then I'm done. God uses affliction to produce an appetite for heaven. Peter spoke of how we are surprised by fiery trials, but that we should rejoice that we are partaking of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, we may possess exceeding joy. Praise God. The Lord uses affliction to help us get our minds off of this world and onto him. I do want you to know that heaven is real. <laughs> Praise God. And let me just tell you, see, heaven people... I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, what the world will tell you heaven is, like, you know, a good place. No, people that want to go to heaven only want to go for one reason. There's, there's no other reason to go. I mean, the only reason, are people joking, they're like, oh, man, when I get there and I see David or when I see Adam, when you get to heaven and you see the one who... You see the one who died for you, the one who rose from the dead, 
the one who bore your sickness, the one who bore your sin. When you see him, you won't be worried about anything else. I'm telling you to be eternally with him. He is the light of heaven. He is the treasure of heaven. He is the Lord of our lives. And we're living to live again so that we may see him. I want you to be encouraged going through the furnace of affliction. There is more to this life. more to this life than just living and dying. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I want you to know that heaven is real and Jesus is the darling of heaven. He is the reason I'm living to live again. Praise God. And then lastly, God uses affliction to reveal his glory. He uses affliction. You might remember the disciples asked Jesus, "Why, why is this man born blind? Did he sin? They said, "Did, did he sin? Did his parents sin? Neither, Jesus said. This need, this trial, this problem was placed in his life that the works of God could be revealed in him. And answer the question, Jesus healed the man. And on the other type of questioning, God's glory is revealed. God uses sickness and pain. And God uses the enemy as his tool. There are times when God allows the enemy to seemingly have the upper hand. Daniel saw this. But I want you to know, Daniel also saw something else. That the saints are going to prevail with the one who sits on the throne. And you need to know that God will allow affliction that will ultimately be in the favor of the saints. He will bring glory out of this. Like the song said, there will be glory after this. You need to know that God has got it. Don't be discouraged. Go through the refining fire. Praise God. Praise God. And I feel the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Princess, why don't you come? Thank you, Jesus. As a matter of fact, band, you all can come, but make sure you have your communion elements. Praise God, if you, if you don't already. Praise God. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. And does everybody have their communion elements? If you don't, our guest services team will get you some if you need some. If everybody's got something, praise God. We want to begin to get that ready here in just a moment. But I want you to hear me today. If you're afflicted, if you're in the refining, refiner's fire, you find yourself in the furnace and you think there's more dross than precious metal. You see yourself wasting away. There's coming a day when God will say, no more delay. No more delay. Praise God. It is finished. I was studying and writing this sermon and this song came on uh just came on my playlist I, frankly i had only listened to it like once or maybe twice but i thought oh i love this song i'll go back and listen to it and and, and had never done so uh but i want to read it to you i want to read the lyrics to you it's called uh, gold by jesus culture and i that's just how the lord works for me i told you all i love to worship god and he always is speaking to me through worship. And so I felt like even today when we sang the, the 23rd song, I thought to myself, praise God, I am not alone. I am not alone. 
I was like, your spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your peace. You're my victory. You're my victory, God. And you know what? I thought to myself, what are you trying? It began to, it began to hit, hit me. I, I think one of the kids had walked and I was writing this. And I just asked God an honest question. <laughs> you got to be honest with God. And as I began to ask God, I just, I just told him, I said, Lord, this is like number three. I was like, what, what are you doing? And as I began to ask that question, tears began to flow down my face. The Spirit of God began to come into the room at my office. And this song came on. And I thought, man, let me, let me look up the lyrics of this song and the lyrics go like this again it's Jesus culture gold you can listen to it when you have some time but it says you see what's hidden under the surface you see the beauty under the tarnish you will find in fire what you call gold you will find in fire what you can mold find me in your presence I'm not leaving the same let your refining fire Purify me again. Let the weight of your glory bring me back to my knees. Oh God, come with revival. You can start it in me. You have purpose. You see the outcome. You have intention. You bring freedom. New hope new life, new wine. We come together with one breath, one voice, one cry. Jesus, our Savior. Can I tell you the Spirit of God is here this afternoon to remind you and to affirm you and to encourage you that He's with you. Why don't we just take a moment? Why don't you stand right where you are? We're, we're not, we're, we're not going to move chairs like we normally do and have people come and I'm just going to ask our folks online to you'll be able to join us in a moment but you know what why don't we just take a moment and why don't we just thank him why don't we just begin to worship him why don't we just begin to tell him God I'm trusting you through this why don't you find a place of repentance if perhaps something is being revealed in your life and you're like you know what God I, I see that now. I, I let that get a hold of my life. I've got to address that. I've got to address that. I've got to change that. Because that's what you've been trying to reveal to me. That's what this has been all about. It's not been about this. It's been about me reflecting your character and your glory. Come on, can we take a moment? Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.